Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio, this is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Unnecessary Roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Big hole. First down, end zone. Touchdown. Touchdown, Raiders. Would you believe it? This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. And here we are kicking off our Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Coming up at 3.30, my guy Tommy Call 3. He's from USA Today. I've been rocking with Tommy for a long time. He's actually covering the Warriors and the Celtics, the NBA Finals. So we'll talk a little hoop game with Tommy coming up at 3.30. But Raider Nation, we want to hear from you at 702-365-9200. Also the Salmon Ash text line 69187, keyword R&R. Have a couple different subjects that we're talking about. Of course, it's June 1st. So now the Raiders have a lot more salary cap space in their bank account. Uh, really close to about $25 million. We've been talking about yesterday's show. We talked about priorities, what they should do. Today, we're kind of talking specifics. We had Mo Moten earlier on from Bleacher Report. He said that his, his uh, priorities, if he was in the front office, the moves he would make is extend Darren Waller, give him that contract. He'd go out and get an offensive tackle on Darrell Williams from the Buffalo Bills, and then he'd make sure that uh, he brings in Indomitian Sue, bring him in on a, on a decent deal, and uh, then you have your run stuffer that can get after the quarterback. Even at uh, in, in Sue's age, he still is very consistent. It's only missed about two games in his career. So, I mean, he's, he's really a durable dude, and that is a big deal. And I would like him. I think that him – uh, joining forces with the Raiders would be a really big deal. I just kind of looked at it as a luxury because I know or I felt, in my opinion, that the offensive tackle was such a bigger priority. And I also think you have to take care of Darren Waller. You've got to find a way to make sure he's happy and give yourself a chance this year with that three-headed monster. Talking about Devontae Adams, Darren Waller, and also Hunter Renfro. But uh, Raider Nation, I always want to hear from you at 702-365-9200. Salmon Ash text line at 69187, keyword R&R. Also, we're talking about the Madden cover, Madden 23. Of course, the late, great John Madden is on the cover this year. Apparently, there's about three different versions. But I uh, want to hear your thoughts on if there was a Raider in the past that you think could have been on the cover that wasn't, that should have been on the cover. We'd love to hear from you on that. And is there a Raider that you see and you think that, you know what, that dude can grace the cover soon. You know, he's got it in him. Uh, Mo actually suggested Darren Waller. He said, hey, man, Darren gets that contract uh, extension. Go ahead and, uh, and put him on the cover. We've had a couple people say Derek Carr. Uh, we had uh, one call from Raider Fish in Berkeley. He was calling from the Bay Bridge. He talked about all of last year's team, a big group photo <laughs> with Rich Masaccia, with everything that they went through last year. Had a call from Namdi Asamoah. Uh, some really good answers. So, of course, Raider Nation, we want to hear from you. Uh, Vegas Pete, here's one right up Demond's alley, the Madden curse. That's from Vegas Pete. I thought there was going to be more to that one. Uh, how about this one? Oh, I think it is. Hold on. Here goes another one. This is coming through Fast and Furious. Oh, no, it's not. All right, how about this one? If the Raiders average 30 points a game this season, that equals 510 points total. 40 touchdowns is 280 points with that with the PAT. So if you think this team could score 30 a game, then Carr will almost have to throw 40 or more touchdowns. Okay. That's a lot of, uh, that's a lot of math that my man did from the 707. But uh, there you go. There's your breakdown right there, Damon. If they score 30 points a game, that equals 510 points total. 40 TDs is 280 with the PAT. So if you think the team can score 30 a game, then Carr's going to have to throw 
40 touchdowns. And, you know, they just about – what did they average last season? 28? They averaged about 28 points a game or 20 – they they were right around 30, but they gave up a ton of, of points per game as well. Um, and he didn't get close to 40 touchdowns. So, you know, I mean, there's a lot of different ways to look at it, but uh, Carr didn't get anywhere close to 40. He didn't even have 30 touchdowns last season. So uh, that's why I look at it like I, I do believe it's going to have a big uptick because of the addition of Devontae Adams and because of Josh McDaniels. I just don't know if he's going to hit 40. But it's, that's an interesting text, but I do appreciate that. Uh, next time, I leave your name so I can give you some proper, proper respect and just said, instead of saying a text for the 707. Uh, how about this one? This is uh, what up, Q and Demon, Big JT from Santa Cruz. I say you sign Waller, third and Renfro, get a veteran right tackle. Who I'd like to see on the Madden cover would be the one and only Darth Raider, Lyle Alzado. So there you go. There's his priorities right there. Uh, Darren Waller, Renfro, and then a veteran right tackle. Those are the three that he thinks need to be uh, done in, those, in that order. And I would be okay with that. I for sure would be okay with that because I think that makes a whole lot of sense. And you can even convince me Darren Waller first, then a, a right tackle, and then Hunter Renfro. You can convince me of that too. I, I'd be okay with that. But those are uh, the three that I definitely think need to be had. So, uh, Raider Nation, uh, let us know what you think. Now, I did want to go ahead and give you a little bit of NFL news and notes of the day, just kind of what's going on around the league. We like to call this cover three. It's time for Q's Cover 3, NFL news and notes of the day, here on Raider Nation Radio 920. And how about this? Bills linebacker Andre Smith suspended six games for PED violation. You know how that shakes out. And, of course, the Bills, if you go back to what they did in the draft, they drafted two linebackers pretty early in the draft. So, clearly they knew what was coming down the pipeline. So, there you go. Bills linebacker Andre Smith suspended six games for PED violation. And we hear it every single year, right? We hear it every single year. There's always uh, multiple guys that get suspended. And then they'll tell you, I didn't know that I had this in my system. I didn't know that this was going to be the case. Like DeAndre Hopkins, who's going to be playing the Raiders week one of the season. Or not week one, excuse me, week two, the first home game for the Raiders at Allegiant Stadium. DeAndre Hopkins will not be there because of his uh, six-game suspension that he is facing. Uh, how about Stephon Tuitt from the, uh, from the Steelers? He actually retired today. He announced his retirement from the NFL. He was a really good player before injuries, got really the best of him the last few years. He's had 34-and-a-half career sacks, 246 tackles in just about eight seasons with the Pittsburgh Steelers. So I don't know if the Pittsburgh Steelers saw that one coming. I know that they've been uh, adding guys as far as that team goes, just adding guys on the defensive side of the ball, which they're always going to do. But – uh, that's a that's a pretty big loss. I see a lot of people in the in the Pittsburgh media and and Steeler fans on Twitter talking about they didn't see that one coming and and that's a pretty big loss. So to it retires there in Pittsburgh. Speaking of Pittsburgh, Kenny Pickett, their number twenty overall pick. He uh, he said he's there, he's there to compete. You know, Mitchell Trubisky is the guy that they signed in the in the offseason. They also have M Mason Rudolph on the roster. Uh, he's not expecting. He said, I'm not walking in to be the number one, right? I'm not doing that. I'm, I'm coming in to compete for the starting gig. The Raiders play the Pittsburgh Steelers on Christmas Eve. Uh, I've asked multiple people, including uh, Chris Carlin, who was a guest on the show from ESPN. I asked him, as he's a Steeler fan, I said, hey, is Kenny Pickett going to be behind center on Christmas Eve when the Steelers play the Raiders or host the Raiders? And he said, absolutely. <laughs> so he absolutely believes that Kenny Pickett will be the, the starter then, but uh, Pickett says he is not coming in thinking that he's got that number one spot already. He's going to go out there and try to earn that spot. And, I mean, that's all you can do, and that's really all you can say. 
Jamar Chase, he had a monster season last year for the uh, rookie, 1,455 yards, 81 catches, 13 touchdowns. What do you think about the – before we go any further, what do you think about the Bengals this upcoming year? Because no one expected them to go to the Super Bowl. I know I didn't. I know most people in Cincinnati didn't believe that, even though they'll tell you that they did. And, of course, the Raiders lost to them in the playoffs, the, the first round, the wild card round. But they went out, and they obviously have some big-time monster firepower they went out and they addressed the offensive line, which was a big issue last year. What do you think about Cincinnati having another opportunity to make a deep run? I think that they're poised to make that an additional deep run this year because Cleveland, I expect Deshaun Watson to be out the whole season. So I don't think Cleveland's going to be that good. The Steelers, they're going to be relying on a rookie quarterback. I don't know. But I, st- I do think that the Baltimore Ravens are going to bounce back and Lamar Jackson's going to have a good year. But I just don't know how good he's going to be coming back off of injury. So they're poised to maybe even take the division again this year. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. I like it. You know, I, I just I think about the the Bengals and I think about what they did and all last season I kept waiting for them to come back down to earth. And you know, they really never did. And obviously they made that run to the Super Bowl, but I just don't know if they can catch that same lightning in the bottle and I don't know if well they I know for a fact now they're not gonna catch anybody off guard. You know, that was one of the things that played a major role last season is a lot of people didn't expect that that they had, but they made it to the Super Bowl. Yeah, but like I said, the division on paper is going to be a little bit weaker. So maybe they don't catch anybody off guard, but that that entry into the playoffs looks a little bit easier this year. It could be. It could be. I, I, I like your logic behind that. Well, Jamar Chase, who had, again, 1,455 yards, 81 catches, 13 touchdowns, his rookie year, he told The Athletic uh, that he's, he's looking for more, more. He's got big-time goals in mind. He's already started the offseason program. He's in the early stages of that. Uh, and he just says that he thinks that he can do a lot better. He said he left a lot of meat out there on the bone. Well, when you have 1,455 yards receiving 81 catches and 13 touchdowns, there ain't too much more meat you could have got. You know, and if you do, I, and I respect that because if you aim for more and you even get even or close to even, you're doing a damn good thing, right? You're still having a hell of a, a season for the, for the Bengals, but uh, he's aiming for more. I love that work ethic from a young dude. You think some guys, you know, young dudes that made it their rookie year, all of a sudden they'll kind of relax a little bit and say, oh, man, you know, this NFL thing ain't as hard as a lot of people think. I got this. But he's still out there grinding, still out there working. That's the, that's the makeup of a great. That's the makeup of a guy who's trying to go out there and be a great. And with that, with that one-two punch between Burrow and him, that, that's the making of, of something really nice. And so if Cincinnati does go on a run like they went on last season, it's going to be a lot of it's going to have to do with the fact that uh, that Burrow to Chase combination is a strong one. And, oh, by the way, they went out and dressed the offensive line in, uh, in the offseason. So, I mean, Burrow can't get sacked 51 more times. If he gets sacked 51 more times, it's a wrap. But that's Done the, deal. But they went out and addressed that. I Man, thinking about it, like hearing that hunger from Jamar Chase, more being on the bone, I don't know what he's talking about. Unless he got chased down a couple of times, I don't know, man. Like for him to say, hey, he's going to have an even better season, that's incredible. And then they got the guy from the Cowboys, right? Yeah. The offensive lineman. So they're, yep. they're shoring up that offensive line. Yeah, they worked They worked on the offensive line. They did address it. So we'll see. Yeah, Lyle Collins, man. That was a guy that I thought the Raiders should have some interest in as well. Uh, that's I think that that's going to be a big pickup. But we'll see what happens with Cincinnati. And uh, Jamar Chase talking about his touchdown records uh, more than he had last season. More catches, more yards. I still got to find my touchdown minimum. I'll give you all this list maybe before training camp. So uh, to be determined, TBD on what his uh, goals are going to be. But he does have some bigger goals in mind than what he did last season. Real quick, before we take a break, let's go out to the Raider Nation listener line at 702-365-9200. DeMond, who are we talking to? 
We got Dustin in North Cal on the line. Dustin, welcome to the show, man. What's on your mind? Hey, what's going on, guys? I don't want to be a downer, but it's like, man, they don't even invite cars to the golf in Vegas? Man, this Raider, hey, I just, <laughs> what, what, what the Raiders need to do is just go out there and win and win and win and let nobody on the bandwagon what we do. Okay. And you're talking about the match when you're talking about golf. You're talking about Brady and Mahomes and Rodgers yeah, and Allen. D.C. out there. D.C. is golfing every single day, and they don't even invite them on to, the, to come do that. In, in, in Vegas, it's just like the Raider hate. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, th- thank you for the call, my man. And, look, I mean, that's, that's the ones that they're putting up against each other, man, the match. They got uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers, obviously, out there, uh, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, and Tom Brady. Tom Brady was at the Aces game last night as the Aces got another victory under their belt. Asia Wilson, player of the month. Uh, Becky Hammond, coach of the month. Uh, the the Aces can do no wrong right now. They're looking fantastic. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> I understand. But uh, you look at those quarterbacks, and you know those are the guys that push the needle as far as viewership goes, where no disrespect to Derek Carr, but if he was out there, they wouldn't just be, oh, man, I got to tune in to see what D.C. is going to do. We know he could play golf. We've seen his golf game, but uh, everyone else is kind of, eh, you know, so-so on D.C. DC and his golf game. At least they're giving him props on the field now. I would take that as a victory. They're giving him props on the field. So, you know, one, one minor hurdle at a time. So thank you so much for that call. I do appreciate you. Coming up next, got a tweet from my guy Quick about Darren Waller. I want to discuss it. It's a good tweet, and it's not necessarily because it's really good for Darren Waller, but I'll explain what I'm talking about. We'll do it next. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. It's unnecessary roughness. The judge, Lester Hayes, joining us now. That's YQ, of course, our team. Kept winning. Kept winning, too, because of our training. You got to put in the work and the time and the perseverance and the patience to train your body and train your brain. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. 320 is the time. Coming up at 330, Tommy Call. Going to talk all things Warriors, talk all things Celtics. NBA Finals gets kicked off tomorrow. I got a tweet from my man Quick that I want to get to in a matter of seconds. But before I do that, I want to go out to the phone lines at 702-365-9200. Talk to our guy, Raider Rod. What's on your mind? Welcome to the show, my man. Hugh, what is going on? How are we today? I'm blessed, man. How are you doing? I know that's right. Hey, man, you know what? You got some good topics. I'm glad that I didn't get get caught up in in the Waller thing. Because quickly, I would I would pay Waller and pay Hunter Renfro. Um, that's just how I see it. And um, you know, whatever is left for a tackle, it sure would be nice to get some Daryl Williams. But you know, about Adamic and Sue, this is what I was really calling about, man. Because I would love to see Sue in a Raider uniform, and this is why. All right, I see that. Patrick Graham likes to use his defensive fronts in unique ways. And before, how he, you know, 3-4-4-3, whatever, is kind of antiquated anyway. And in my opinion, it's very antiquated. Um, I could see Patrick Graham doing something with Sue that looks a lot like a 3-5. And in this 3-5, I got three, three, three techniques straight across the middle and freeing up Chandler Jones and Max to do their thing on the outside. And with these three threes, man, wouldn't that be, lo- wouldn't that be great if the main three technique is Sue? Um, I see him liking to spill the line of scrimmage, make it a big wash 
a wall of humanity, a mass of humanity, really. You know, I've seen it a lot with the Giants and in the Patriots past. Um, I could see this this 5-2, this 5-2 hybrid can be used in a lot of different ways. Behind these this five-man front, I could see a linebacker with the with Diablo being the you know uh, the hybrid role because I really still think he's a little bit shy, a biscuit or two shy of being a real linebacker. You know, um, I could see us being with that five-two having having another safety like Abrams coming down. Um, I could see you playing that five-two in a multitude of fashions, whether it's five-two cover two. 5-2 Stinger, 5-2 Joker, you know, or what they call the what, the robber, the robber position. Man, I would love to see Sue come in and provide the anchor to my sort of 5-2 spiller front and just create a big unknown for everybody up front. And we're just going to throw dudes around from center to guard. We're just going to spill the line. What do you think? That's uh, hey man, look, that's a uh, that's a good good thought. I mean, it really is, you know, and, and that's the reason why when we were talking to Mo Moten, he was really kind of uh, adamant about possibly having uh, you know, Adamican Sue added to the team because of what he could provide and how he can make that much better. And uh, you know, your breakdowns of the of the linebacker position, possibly Abram. I'm interested to see how they use Abram. I'm interested to see how big of a role Divine Diablo has in year two. I mean, these are some guys that you thought you know were going to be, especially Diablo. I thought he was going to be, and still think he's going to have a, a pretty big role. I just want to see how he's used. So. Uh, that's going to be uh, very interesting as well. Oh, man, I just saw this. Man, people are just passing away all the time. How about this? And I hate to derail the conversation. Former Cowboy running back Marion Barber. Remember the uh, the, the, the Barber? Remember the, uh, what was the, they call him? The, I forget what they called him. Anyway, he found dead in his apartment in, by the Frisco police. Wow, that's from Clarence Hill. That's my guy, uh, Chill. Um, wow, the Star-Telegram. This is just happening in real time. I just saw this. Um, the Barbarian, that's what they called him, Marion Barber. Um, and matter of fact, my man Tony B, who just walked by me, he's a Cowboy fan. Uh, did you hear that, Tony B? Marion Barber uh, found dead in his apartment in Frisco. Oh, yeah, that's wild. Literally, this is all happening in real time. So, uh, yeah, audience, just that was Tony B in the background. Uh, he's, a, he's a big Cowboy fan. And just to hear that, that's wild, man. I hate to hear anybody passing away like that. There's too many, too many deaths going on. Uh, you never know when guys are going to be gone, how quickly they could pass. So, uh, yeah, man, uh, prayers out to his family because I'm sure that that was something that was definitely not expected. Uh, let me get to this text real quick, or this tweet from Quick. He said, Waller did absolutely nothing last season. Why are you all so quick to pay this dude? Don't y'all want to see a little bit more under the new regime before we throw more money at a 30-plus-year-old player? I don't get y'all logic at your boy Q254, which is the way you can hit me on Twitter if you want to. And I'll just say this. We, all, we know what happened with Waller last year. We know his, his, how he got injured, and we know he's turning 29. So, yeah, he's, he's, you know, he's at that, that number that nobody likes, that 30-year-old number like you mentioned, Quick. 11 games, 55 catches, 665 yards, two TDs. I mean, he still averaged 12 yards a catch. That's that's a first down. You know what I mean? Like, I know that the total production is not there, but I just think that you can't take a chance. I understand what you're saying 100%. Uh, I don't know what they plan on doing. I don't know if they're going to give him, uh, like John McClain said on yesterday's show, that he thinks that, that he's going to be the highest paid tight end in the league. I don't know if the, this new regime is going to go and do that, but I, I definitely think that they have to address something when it comes to him having guaranteed money. Doc, he has no guaranteed money left on his deal. I know he's got two years left, but he has no guaranteed money, and I just don't think that that's going to work. 
And another reason I don't think that's going to work, and I say it all the time, is his representation is clutch sports. And so, you know, for a guy that, as, as you said, uh, you know, didn't do as much as I would like for him to do last season, uh, his injuries were concerning to me, very concerning to me, because, you know, you usually don't get healthier the older that you get. I do think he's got a good year or two left in the tank where he could really be a, a force. And, and especially I'd love to see what he can do with Devontae Adams taking a lot of attention, with Hunter Renfro coming into his own, and then him. And then think about Josh Jacobs. This will be the first time, as long as he's in the backfield, that he'll be able to run without having a loaded box because you have all these other weapons. That, I mean, I just like the potential of that. So I think that you have to make sure that he's happy going into this year. I'm not saying you got to go give him the bag. I'm not saying you got to go give him a monster deal like, like I said, like John McClain said. But I just think you need to do something, whatever you can, to make sure he's happy going into the season. Then you can do whatever you do afterwards, address that, and uh, if you decide, hey, this is going to be a one-year deal, we're going to give you this guaranteed money, and then boom, we'll, you know, we'll part ways, so be it. But I think that you have to give this opportunity, this three-headed monster, I think you have to give it a shot. But that's just me. But thank you so much for that tweet, and, and I do appreciate it. You know, just because you don't agree with what I'm saying is fine. I never have a problem with you disagreeing or anyone else disagreeing with what I have to say. I do appreciate it, no doubt about it. Matter of fact, you can keep those calls and texts coming, 702-365-9200. Actually, just hit us up on the Salmon Ash text line, 69187, keyword R&R, because we do have Tommy Call 3. He's coming up next to talk all things Dubs and Celtics. NBA Finals kickoff tomorrow. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. Been talking a lot of NFL, been talking a lot about Raiders, talking about the salary cap, the newfound salary cap space that they have. Went across the NFL with little news and notes. Talked to our guy Mo Moten from Bleacher Report a little earlier about some targets that he thinks that the Raiders should go after now that they have that extra salary cap space. But now want to turn our attention to the NBA Finals. They get started tomorrow. The Warriors and the Celtics. The Warriors will be playing there in uh, San Francisco at the Chase Center. They'll be hosting the Celtics, so they have home court advantage. And right now on our phone lines to help us break down the NBA Finals, our guy Tommy Call 3. You can find him on Twitter at Tommy underscore the letter 111. That stands for three, obviously. Manager, editor of the Warriors Wire on USA Today. And Tommy, it's been a while, man. Thanks for your time this afternoon. How's everything been going? It's been great, man. It's, it's even better talking to you. Like you said, it's been it's been a little too long, so I'm excited to share the airways with you again, man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, let's hop right into it, man. The Warriors hosting the Celtics. Uh, I think this is going to be a hell of a series. You know, both teams obviously well-deserved to, to be in the NBA Finals, but uh, how, how how's the feelings and, and what are the thoughts around Klay Thompson knowing what he's gone through the last few years to be back on the big stage like he is? I mean, it's, it's special, honestly. It's one of those things that feels bigger than a game, right? We're so, we get so caught up in analyzing, you know, shooting percentage, what these guys do in the box score. But to think of the, of the moment, you know, Clay Thompson has been through from just sitting on the sideline, too. You, we know how that is, watching, wanting to be a part of the game with his teammates every single day going through this rehab. It's, it's a pretty special story, and it got capped off with that Game 5 performance, eight three-pointers. Got to really see him at his peak after struggling a bit through, through that series against the Mavericks, uh, not playing his best basketball and finding it, um, you know, in that moment to be up there celebrating kind of the player of the game, getting the interviews, people asking him these questions about, you know, listening to him talk about everything he's been through to get here. It's, it's special. And, it, it, you know, for me, a person that's watching all these games, it, it kind of does make you think of everything that this team, the Warriors, kind of encaps- encapsulates everything they've been through from, you know, being one of the worst teams in the league, 
after being one of the best teams for years, you know, that, that up and down, I think it's really kind of boosted this team. And now they're sitting here four games away, four wins away from another title against a really tough Celtics team, man. I honestly can't wait. I'm really excited for this series. Yeah, me too. I'm super pumped up. And as a Bay Area native, a Warrior fan, I'm hoping that, you know, they are able to get those four dubs and they are able to hoist another trophy because I think it would just be poetic. It'd be awesome. But there's a hell of a team on the other side that's trying to stop them, and that's the Boston Celtics. And uh, they've got a lot of dogs as well. And, you know, I think that they're somewhat built like the Warriors. You know, you look at the big three of them. You look at Jason Tatum. You look at Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart. All those guys were drafted by the Celtics. You look at the Warriors. You have Draymond. You have Clay. You have Steph, they were all drafted. I feel like these teams were kind of similarly put together. I think that's a great point. I think if you think about it in a big picture of like, if you were to build a team that could beat the Warriors with length and defense and dogs, like you said, it is kind of the Boston Celtics. I mean, the best three-point defending team in the league, playing one of the best three-point shooting teams in the league. It's kind of right itself, right, with all these different guys out there. And it's going to be interesting to see how Steve Kerr, Steph Curry, Draymond Green, how they try to crack that Boston defense because it's nasty, Q. I mean, it's really how Boston got here, I think. And, you know, the Warriors' defense isn't bad itself. But overall, I mean, they have hung with some of the best in the league so far. You know, they've taken out KD and Kyrie, honest. And now they just went through a tough, nasty Heat team that's also got a lot of dogs on it. So I think it's going to be interesting to see kind of how these two teams, they're similar but also different in terms of really, you know, offense that's got a lot of firepower versus defense that's really not giving anything up. So it's going to be creative. They're going to need to be creative more than just, like, shot-making, right? So it's really got all the the little points you need to kind of make a seven-game battle-type series, and now we just got to see it play out. Talking all things NBA Finals right now with Tommy Call 3 here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. Uh, how have you seen, you mentioned going to all the games, seeing all the games, you know, obviously covering the team like a glove. How have you seen this team grow? I mean, think about all the guys who've been injured. Draymond was out for a while. Steph was out for a while. Obviously, Clay had to work his way back. How did you see them grow throughout all those injuries throughout the course of this season? Yeah, I mean, it's different iterations of these guys, right? We've seen Steph Curry the scorer. We've seen Steph Curry the playmaker. We've seen guys do different things throughout the year to kind of get to this point. And like you mentioned, injuries have been a big part of the Warriors season. We, you couldn't talk about how they got here if you didn't mention those guys getting hurt, specifically Draymond Green, who's kind of that heartbeat of the team. He was out for a while, and guys needed to step up because he's the – He's the guy that kind of gets things going offensively and defensively. And one of the big surprises, and I'm sure we're going to talk about him here, is, is Jordan Poole. Out of all those, while all those guys have missed time, you talk about growth with this team, I don't know where they would be without Jordan Poole. Whether it's scoring 27 on a night when Steph Curry's cold or activating that offense as a playmaker, getting to the bucket so it frees up you know, the guys on the perimeter to get their shots open, coming off the bench, being a starter, being the primarily primary ball handler, having to work off the ball next to Steph Curry. He's really done it all for a 22-year-old kid, Q, that at one point during his rookie season, I'm kind of scratching my head, like, does this guy belong in the league? And now he's turning into one of those blossoming young stars that is so much fun to watch with how he does, how he works up and down the court with the basketball. I mean, it's it's pretty fascinating, and I think he's going to have to play a big role in this series because without Boston defense and how they're going to throw – Everything at Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, try and run them off the three-point line. That's going to be a big problem for they're going to have to solve is how do they cover Jordan Poole because he's just been everything throughout this season from game one to game 82 to every game in the playoffs. Now he has had his footprint on the game. 
And I'm really excited to see him take that next step because he's kind of built for that big moment, right? He's, he's exploded when, whenever the Warriors have needed him. And I'm excited to see that step here in the finals. Yeah, Tommy, we were just talking about injuries. And Gary Payton II and Andre Iguodala, I think even Otto Porter Jr., he's a little bit questionable. Do we know if those three players are going to be ready for the finals that start tomorrow? It looks like it's trending towards that way. They're listed as questionable on the official um, on the official injury report today, but they've been at practice. They practice in like a quote full contact practice today, <laughs> uh, which is a really good sign, especially for a guy like Gary Payton the second. Because if you would ask me that after he suffered that injury in the big moment against the Grizzlies, I would think no way is he going to make it into the finals. And and giving the Warriors that boost, because I mean any one of these guys can play, it's going to be very helpful. But if all three of them come back, you're talking about the Warriors using their ninth guy off the bench versus their seventh and eighth. Like, that's the biggest boost. You're, you're talking about giving Jonathan Kaminga minutes versus a proven guy like Andre Iguodala, who's been here. Right? That's gonna be, I think that's going to you know, be a big switch for the Warriors to hit. But we also haven't seen all three of those guys healthy with a fully healthy you know, Steph Curry, Draymond Green. So how Steve Kerr you know, integrates those guys back into the lineup is going to be something to watch in this series. So my big question is, who gets the defensive assignment when it comes to Jason Tatum is trying to slow him down? Yeah, that's, that's going to be a big one because obviously with after the injury, Clay Thompson is not exactly the defender he was back in 2019. But I think that the Warriors, the Celtics, excuse me, are going to try and run a lot of pick and rolls. We saw them bring Al, Al Horford a lot, get the switches on him. But if that's the case for the Warriors, Draymond Green's happily going to take that, right? He would love that assignment. And I think that's the one we all want to watch because Draymond's one of the better switch, maybe the best switching big man in basketball. And you bring him up to the top like that, and he's going to guard Jason Tatum. I think that's the one we want to watch. If you're the Celtics, you're probably going to want to stick away with that. You're going to probably want to want to try your best to pick on Seth Curry. They did that during the regular season matchup a little bit, even though it's not that big of a deal because he was out in the second quarter, obviously, when he got injured by, uh, with that little scramble with Marcus Smart, but it's going to be interesting to see how they play him. I think it's going to be Draymond Green. I think the Warriors are going to play that, but our guy we just mentioned, Gary Payton II, if he's healthy, Steve Kerr's shown he likes starting him, and that could be specifically to put him on Jason Tatum. So if he's healthy, he's another player to watch there because that would be another fantastic matchup because he's nasty on defense. Again, we're talking with Tommy Call 3 right here on Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. We're talking all things NBA Finals. Another guy that I really respect on the Celtics, Marcus Smart. You mentioned him. I mean, he's a homegrown dude. I look at him like they're Draymond Green. He's their their engine. So uh, how big of a role do you think he's going to play, and, and how do you slow down Marcus Smart and, and, and what he brings to the table, not only offensively but especially defensively? Yeah, I mean, that's going to be another big piece. Steve Kirk mentioned that same exact thing today, called him, you know, compared the two, Draymond Green and Marcus Smart. And one thing, Q, prior to this season, obviously, when there's kind of some weird matchups between the two games, these teams, the Celtics and Warriors have had their battles. In the regular season, it's been a primetime game you want to watch. And primarily, it's because Marcus Smart guards Seth Curry well. He defends him well. He holds him down. He is that guy, one of those guys that you stick on him like, it was highlighted during, you know, Dylan Brooks was guarding Steph. Marcus Smart's similar. He's going to be on Steph the whole time. How Steph gets off shots, how he chases around the three, you know, runs around the three-point line is going to be really interesting. But Marcus Smart, rightfully so, the defensive player of the year, in my opinion. But that whole Celtics defense, one through five, right, they play some fierce team defense. It's reminiscent of, like, the Pistons days, right, where one through five all guards really, really well. They don't have a, a weak spot. They don't have a guy to pick on. And that kind of starts with Marcus Smart at the top. I mean, that's going to be a big problem. I think the Warriors, 
you know, it's going to rely on Steph Curry, Jordan Poole to, to, you know, fire start that offense, I think. And I think we're going to get a lot tomorrow, right? How healthy is Marcus Smart? He's been banged up during the Eastern Conference Finals. Do the Warriors try to test them early? And if he holds strong, then they're going to have to recalibrate the game plan, I think, a little bit. When it comes to the Warriors on offense, you just mentioned how Boston's defense is fantastic. One through five, even a few of the players off the bench, still excellent defensive players. Who could the Warriors try to target on that Boston team where if that guy's on the court, go after him? Yeah, I think it's, you know, we've seen a lot of Derek White minutes. He could be a guy you try to throw throw somebody at. But again, all these guys, like, it's not like a Steph Curry gets picked on for his defense. The Celtics don't really have a guy like that out there. I would think it's Al Horford, but it's going to be a lot. This is why I think Draymond Green is one of the, you know, the biggest X factor in this series, who he picks on, because the Warriors are going to need time to get open off screens, right? Steve Kerr motion offense is based off the forwards being playmakers, specifically Draymond Green. So whoever he matches up with enough to get these guys running off screens and finding the open jumper, I think is going to be key. Whether that is Jason Tatum, who, you know, has been very good defensively, but he's their main guy offensively, and they just went through two game sevens. How much does he have left in the tank? Are the Warriors going to really try and isolate him? I mean, they really ran Luka. They ran... Nikola Jokic, crazy. They targeted those guys. Obviously different players, but it's going to be interesting to see how much they test these guys after two game sevens, which just are taxing. Like These guys are going to be tired at this point in the series. I think they'll have another gear, but it's going to be interesting to see how the Warriors offense tests that defense. It will be. It's, it's going to be really interesting. I can't wait to see everything shake out. It all gets started tomorrow. Before we let you go, final question for you. Uh, who's the guy that we're not talking about? Of course, when it comes to the Warriors, we talk Steph, Clay, Draymond, no doubt about it. even Jordan Poole, as you mentioned. Uh, when we're talking about the Celtics, we're talking about Tatum. We're talking about Brown. We're talking about Smart. Horford gets uh, thrown into the mix. Who are we not talking about that you think is going to be a, a big-time factor in this series? I can't believe I'm saying this to Q just because all the guys you just mentioned, but after the playoff run he's had, how could I not talk to you guys about Kevon Looney right now? I mean, he's yeah. been incredible, arguably one of the best stories of the Warriors' playoff runs. I mean, never scored 20 points in his career until the game, I think, in the second round of the playoffs at the end there, grabbing 20 rebounds. I mean, he's been a factor, a, right. guy, a, a player that the other team is going to have to worry about. And, you're talking about all the things you have to stop on the Warriors. Kevin Looney's name is not near at the top, not nearly high enough to even you know consider talking about. Now teams are going to have to mirror him. They're going to play Al Horford. The Warriors are going to need a, a big out there. They're probably going to run with Looney in the starting lineup as they've had success with down the stretch here. So I think he's. I mean, what he's done offensively and just as a playmaker, right? Finding guys open, being comfortable with the ball, not turning turning it over, and then defensively he's been really strong and. The Warriors just need a guy on the board. Like, when they run that small lineup, the Warriors, you know, something to talk about is, like, are they going to be able to rebound enough? Well, Kevon Looney solved that all and more. Do the Warriors need another big? Kevon Looney's been the answer all playoff, not, all playoff long. Why, why change it now, right? I mean, I just think that he's going to be a guy that if the Celtics aren't going to take serious, they're going to find out why they should have in game one. 
There you go. I, I think that's a good one, man. Kevon Looney, that is a really good one. Uh, I wasn't thinking about him, but he has been a hell of a player, grabbing boards, just uh, getting uh, putbacks, getting, you know, just doing doing the small stuff that, that goes a long way. I think that's a great one right there. Tommy, fantastic stuff, man. Thanks for the breakdown on the NBA Finals. Uh, enjoy them. Uh, as I said at the, at the top, I hope the Warriors get four wins. I hope that they hoist another trophy, and I'm hoping that you're able to enjoy the ride while they're, while they're at it. So, uh, fantastic stuff. Enjoy the finals we'll talk soon thanks as always q love talking man all right brother there he goes tommy call three right there usa today warriors wire is who he's working for covering the warriors like a glove and getting that opportunity to cover the nba finals that's going to be a whole lot of fun 346 is the time come back we'll close up shop pass the sticks on to vinnie bonsignor this is unnecessary roughness on raider nation radio 920 Hey, Raider Nation, this is Bruce Buffer, and you're listening to Raider Nation Radio 920. It's time! Welcome back, Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. Been going fast and furious on today's show. We started things off talking with Mo Moten from Bleacher Report, also Silver and Black Tonight, talking about top five targets that he thinks that the Raiders should go after now that they have some newfound money in their pocket, a little salary cap space. Had a really good conversation with him. We had some cover three NFL news and notes of the day, including uh, Marion Barber, former Cowboys running back, uh, found dead in his apartment in, uh, in, in, in Fort Worth in Dallas. So, uh, uh, rest in peace to Marion Barber. Of course, Jeff Gladney from the Vikings and the Cardinals just passed away the other day in a car accident. Man, there's a lot of folks dying, man. You just never know. Make sure you uh, give your loved ones all the love you can when you can because you just never know when uh, when you won't have another opportunity. So that was pretty shocking. That just happened, or that news just rolled out a few minutes ago. And then we talked to Tommy Call 3, talking all things Warriors, talking all things uh, Boston Celtics as far as the NBA Finals go. They get started tomorrow at the chase center my guy quick has sent me a tweet earlier in the show waller did absolutely nothing last season why are y'all so quick to pay this dude don't y'all want to see a little bit more under the new regime before you throw money at a 30 plus year old player i don't get y'all logic uh and then vegas pete responded to that on the salmon ash text line at 69187 keyword r&r said uh waller is a young 30 going into this season not as much wear and tear as usual he started playing full-time in 2019 had back-to-back thousand yard seasons 105 catches in 20s in, in, in 20, was on pace for the same when he had his ankle rolled on Turkey Day versus the Cowboys. He's got five years easy left, and McDaniels' 12 personnel tight end is open in the middle of the field a lot with Adams and Renfro, etc. Outside Waller will get tons of single coverage versus linebackers and get big yards. Last year, our offense struggled without arguably our best player. Renfro needs to get paid more than the 700000 also. So <laughs> there, there you go, Vegas Pete with a great breakdown of why the Raiders should pay Darren Waller. And, and that's, I mean, that's a good – that's a good breakdown right there because, again, if you match up Darren Waller, single coverage or versus linebackers, he's winning nine out of ten times. I mean, it's not even close. If you single cover him and you put him against a linebacker, he's going to win the majority of those. Simple as that. And when he wasn't out there last season, the offense did exactly what Vegas Pete just said. They struggled. Hunter Renfro ended up being a big-time player, ended up getting a ton of catches, a ton of yards, but he shouldn't have to get that kind of number. He shouldn't have to get that kind of production. That's something that we've talked about quite a bit. I actually believe that Renfro's production is going to go down. His catches are going to go down quite a bit from what he did last year. But 
I think he's still going to come up big in a major way. And I think that the slot receiver in Josh McDaniel's offense, I think we all know how important it is. I just I feel like it makes a lot of sense to solidify Darren Waller, who is your guy. That is that is your your dude, and then you you combine that with with uh, Devontae Adams. And remember this: that we're talking about Darren Waller, and who can't double cover him, and you know getting him matched up with a linebacker, and how much uh, how much he's going to win at that. Think about Devontae Adams. When's the last time he had single coverage? You know what I mean? Like in in Green Bay, everyone knew he was target number one, right? There wasn't really a dude that you were concerned about. So now, all of a sudden, the Raiders have dudes, plural. They have Adams, obviously wide receiver number one, the best wide receiver that Derek Carr has ever played with in the league. Simple as that. There's, no even, there's not even an argument there. He's the best wide receiver that Derek Carr has ever had in the NFL, hands down. And then you have Darren Waller, which is a, a, a wide receiver in a tight end's body. So you have those two guys. So if you're opposing defense right there, just with those two dudes alone, you've got to pick your poison. So this is going back to Quick's tweet on why are you know, we so quick to say that you need to take care of, of Darren Waller and pay him. These are the reasons why I believe Darren Waller needs to be taken care of. Now, look, if they go out this season, and that's why I said maybe this new regime, to Quick's point, you want to see what he can do in the system, maybe they go out and they take care of him to get him through this year. You know, give him some money that will make, make him happy, some guaranteed money, because right now he has none. And I don't know what that means, and I don't know what his agent would even be okay with agreeing to. You know, maybe it's a short-term two-year deal. I don't know. Because if I'm his agent and I'm Darren Waller, I'm looking at what David Njoku just did, and I'm like, man, run me my money. Run me my money. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's what I'm saying. But, you know, it's, it's a business. We all know that. And, you know, that, so there's got to be some give. There's going to be a lot of take. So, at some point, I mean, we all know the saying, you can't pay everybody, right? I just think that that's a person that you need to pay. And to Vegas Pete's point, Hunter Renfro's definitely got to get paid as well. Now, Mo Moten, who we had on earlier, said the same thing that Quick said about Waller. Wait to see what he does in this system. I just think that you have a really good dynamic. I mean, I really do. Maybe I'm a sucker. And, you know, maybe there's a reason why I'm not a front office guy because I had to try to pay everybody and I'd end up uh, like, you know, some teams are next year. I think I was looking uh, at some of the salary cap space for next season just because I was curious. And, for example, let me tell you real quick, like this team that's in the red, and it shouldn't be a shock, the Saints, and I know that they can clean it up, but they're at $58 million in the red right now. So that's what they get when they restructure, do a lot of restructures, and they try to pay as many people as possible. So maybe if I was a GM, maybe that would be the case because I try to pay everybody, and you can't do it. So uh, I, I guess that's the best way to answer that question on why you try to pay or why you want to pay Waller right now. I just think that he's an important piece to the puzzle. I really do, and I just think it makes too much sense to, to, to try to go into the season with a guy who's not happy. And if you're the 17th highest paid tight end and you're definitely a much better player than that, you're not going to be happy. I don't care who you are. There's no way you're going to be happy. Yeah, but it's, it's obviously he's not going to be happy, but there is some sense when people say, let's see what he does in this system because it's always the pick your poison. We know we're imagining how is this team going to look this coming season. Right. And we're, we're imagining, hey, they're going to look spectacular, three-headed monster, pick your poison, who's going to get double teamed. But like you said, you just can't pay everybody. And I think that this front office, they're savvy, and they're not just going to throw the big money at everybody because you don't want to end up like the Saints who you got players that slipped slip through the cracks. Teron Armstead, he went to the Dolphins this year because they couldn't afford to pay him. Right. So you don't want like the Bills going to have to come doing. You don't build, trying to build a dynasty here or trying to build a Super Bowl contender. 
You don't want to see like two years down the line. We got to let go of that core piece because we extended ourselves too much. No, I mean, you're, you're right. You're right about that. And, um, you know, that's that's part of the puzzle. And I, I do want to give this front office credit because I think that what they've been able to do has been smart. I think that they've been putting themselves in really good positions with the contracts that they rolled out. I mean, hell, look at the contract they gave Derek Carr. I mean, yeah, it's a it's a good contract if he sees all of it. But they literally have an out after this year. You know what I mean? Like, basically, what they did to keep him happy was they gave him a five-year extension off what he had this year. He, they basically guaranteed $5 million more than what he was supposed to make this year. He was supposed to make 19. He's going to make, like, 23. I mean, that's really all they did because they have the opportunity, if they want to, to move on from him after this year. Now, I don't think they will. I think that he'll prove that, you know, he's worth the, 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 the money and they'll keep him. But, I mean, they have that out. And if you look at Devontae Adams' contract, I, I always say that they have a three-year window with Devontae Adams, but technically they can get out after this year if they want to. Again, I don't think that they will, but the possibility is there. One quick text, and then we'll wrap up the show. Pass the sticks on to Vinny Bonsignor, who's going to take you in the huddle from 4 to 6 p.m. Q&D. Just checking, in, just checking in as I've been out working crazy today. Wanted to drop this line. I saw Top Gun 2 the other day. It was fantastic. Going to check out it again tomorrow. Everyone get your bomber jacket and go check out Top Gun 2. Great flick. Cheer, cheers from Sir Whiskey Ray. And I'm sure you'd agree with that. 100%. 100%. Well, great stuff, my man. Uh, great stuff as always. Definitely appreciate you, Sir Whiskey Ray. Appreciate you, Vegas Pete. Appreciate all the feedback as well. Uh, we'll be back here tomorrow doing the same thing. And we'll be hooking up tickets to Jurassic World. That's the premiere going on on the 7th. We got your tickets. We hooked up a pair today. We hooked up a pair yesterday. We'll continue to do it. Load up that movie theater so everyone could go and see a free movie on Demond and myself. So uh, that plus more will be coming up on tomorrow's show. Raider Nation, Vinny Bonsignor, he's up next 4 to 6 p.m. in the huddle right here on Raider Nation Radio 920. We'll holler.